0: Thank you, Casey. Very powerful. Awesome. Have fun, guys. Yeah, so the footy this Wednesday, if you want to get amongst it. Do we have any Maroon supporters here? <laughs> yeah, all right, good, all right. <laughs> all right, wow. Once again, once again, I mean, I did, I've, I've not told anyone what I'm speaking on today, but once again, God knew. Um, it's not like he was waiting to find out what I was speaking on and, and then doing something with that. It was more like the other way around. I'm trying to find out what he wants us to know um, and then try my best to deliver that. But he, it's all over it. Have a look at the screen. You want to put that... Um, That picture up there, Darren, of uh, Psalm 119, verse 11. Bell just quoted it, um, which is so cool, isn't it? That's not organized. Psalm 119 says, uh, verse, verse 11, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Such an incredible scripture. Such an important, life-changing scripture. And we're going to kind of camp around this word today and we'll expand that, get around that. I'm not going to talk for very long, I don't want to. Um, and hopefully just pray for some people as well today. But also, um, you know, we've got the AGM as well meeting. Uh, so it's not, it's not a meeting, but it's a report of the AGM. So we're going to just kind of share a little bit about um, what we... Um, reported on on Monday nights uh, with the team. Um, So, but first of all, this incredible scripture, I've hidden your word in my heart. And God was speaking to me about this this week for for the last couple of days. And, and, And the question I had was, what does it mean to hide God's word in your heart? Like, what does that mean practically? What, like, I understand kind of metaphorically what that means, but like, how do I, how do I put legs to that? Because I don't want to be a Christian that knows stuff. I want to I be a believer. I want to be a disciple that does stuff. I want to be a disciple that believes, that pushes forward knowing that this is what I've got to do. And so Psalm 119, verse 11, is, a, is a, an incredible power, incredibly powerful particular scripture. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp, do you guys know this one? To my feet, a light to my path. Just that one step at a time kind of your, your word. In the, in the Passion Translation, it says, um, I've, I've put your, your prophecies, I hold them dearly. Your prophecies. So this, this word is a really interesting thing. I mean, I was thinking about reflecting on what is, it, what is it about word? I mean, think about the craziest thing you can say to a non-Christian. I reckon it's this. Because I've seen the look, I think God is saying to me, "For you, right? Like, if 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 you say God said, most people are going to think you're a little bit crazy, right? I mean, Israel Philaw. I know that Israel Philaw got absolutely hammered in them. I don't know if God spoke to him or not. That's between Israel and God." But he has said, God told me to say this and I was obedient, right? And I applaud, I applaud anyone who, who, who uh, believes God has said to do something and they do that. I'll always applaud that. We always use our brains though too, don't we? But, but I applaud that any day of the week. And he has said, you know, I felt like God wanted me to do this and I did this. And he has been absolutely hammered, particularly on social media, about this god that speaks and it's interesting i actually think this is one of the most important things about god that we can even and, and the devil knows this the enemy knows this and they, and 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 god has god has um called himself even the word so he's jesus jesus is called the word right the living word First chapter of the Bible, one of the most important things that we we read about is that God spoke and the universe. There it went. We we know from, from you know some science, well, some scientists anyway, are saying that the universe is expanding at the speed of light still. So God spoke however many years ago that was, and the universe just kept going he declared it and stuff started to happen and it hasn't stopped happening since he declared it isn't that isn't that amazing it's it's so so here's the here's the thing when god declares something that's still happening that is still current and that is still moving forward even if you can't see it. I mean, I can't see the universe expanding. I look up every night and kind of look up and go, wow, that's amazing, God, look at the stars, you know, but they're just little twinkles to me. Those twinkles are raging balls of fire. I mean, the, the little one that hangs out near us, we, we might call it the sun, but I don't know what God calls it, but it's, it's just tiny. Comparat- comparatively to the other stars that we see as little twinkles, the sun is actually really small but you know on in the middle of summer when the earth just tilts just a little bit closer to the sun right that's all the summer is isn't it it's just we're tilted a little bit closer to the sun H- hands up if you, you, you understand like the power of that little star <laughs> in the middle of summer right when you're walking on the beach on that 40 40 degree day you understand the power of the sun don't you when you when you forgot to put on a bit of <laughs> a bit of uh, um, lotion, you can understand the power of that sun. But here's, here's the thing with with God, he has spoken, and all these suns and stars just blasted out of his mouth, and he's still continuing to create the universe because of the word that he's already spoken. And the enemy hates the word that God has spoken. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans that I have for you. And what's that next word? So there's, there's, in in my uh, in the NIV it says declares. That's a powerful. That's a powerful. It's not as God said. It's a de- it's a declaration. That declaration still has power today. Because he knows the plans that he has for you still. And he's declared that over our lives. I mean, originally that was obviously for Jerusalem. I mean, not for Jerusalem, for um, the Israelite people, as they were getting out of the slavery that they were in in Babylon. But that word continues for his people. We're still his people. We've been grafted in, as it says in Romans. We've been grafted in to the people of Israel. So that word is for us. It's an incredible word. So do you know, I guess my question this morning is, do you know the Word, the plans that He has for you? Not the, I don't mean the generic ones, I mean the generic ones are great, right? Do you know the generic plans that God has for you? Well, the the generic plans are that He wants you to live a a life that is full, John 10.10. He wants you to live a life that is full of fruit, John 15. He, he wants us to live a life that is, that is effective and, and gracious and full of love. Those things are generic, right? But do you know the plans that he has for you? And that's where his word, his prophecies actually come into play. And so the devil has tried to steal the church's prophecies. He's tried to get rid of them. In and outside of the church, he's tried to get rid of it. Outside of the church, God said, you're a loony. Well, no, God. God didn't say you're a loony. I'm saying we say God said, and somebody else says, you're a loony. Okay? Inside of the church... We've been battling about this, you know, does God speak or not speak anymore? Did he stop speaking uh, 2,000 years ago after the apostles wrote down the, the words, you know, the Bible and then kind of stopped? Well, I can't see the evidence of that. But we, but and, and some people say, well, there's been counterfeit words. You know, well, that's not, that, you know, anytime someone says it's a word from God, they're like, that can't be from God because God doesn't speak like that. It must be the enemy. Well, there's only a counterfeit word if there's actually the real thing. You can't have a counterfeit unless there is actually a real thing. Like, if I, if I grab 10 bucks, a counterfeit 10 bucks, it's not even going to work unless there is a real 10 bucks that you can actually use. Does that make sense? So, so God is a speaking God. It's one of the most powerful things about Genesis 1. God spoke and the world began. John 1, the word became flesh he's a speaking god as john 10 talks about the his sheep will hear his voice this is really important isn't it so as I was reflecting about this word, like your word is a, um, a lamp to my feet, light to my path, I'm like, okay, that just keeps me going, just keeps me steady. And, and, and this idea of hidden in my heart, it's, it must be something to do with having it valued so deeply in my spirit that, that it's just, I don't know, it becomes part of who I am. And I, was, I was reflecting on that, I might not sin against you as well. You know what I think that that means is that the more you value what he says about you, the more you more the more you value his word from the, the Bible as well as individual things that he's spoken to you. The more he values that, the more that he keeps you on track. And I think I think the the worst sins, the mo- well, I may, I may not say the worst sins, the most dangerous sin. Is the sin you have no idea that you're committing, and I think this word, when you value his word, it stops you from committing this dangerous the most dangerous of sins, which is I actually don't realize that i'm doing it. if you know you're, you're sinning, like if, if, I, if I, you know if i'm unfaithful to Bell immediately uh, and, and, I'm, and this isn't' i'm not uh, I'm not, uh having a confession time here at all, just let me just put that out there. <laughs> but if I'm unfaithful to Bell, immediately I'm going to be like, oh my goodness, what have I done? This is awful, this isn't... This is right, I mean, obviously that's, that's an extreme, I'm, I'm, I'm picking an extreme example, right? But let's say, if, if I know what's wrong and I do it, I'm going to be on my knees straight away, aren't I? Well, hopefully hopefully straight on my knees. So if, if, I, if I steal 10 bucks, or if I, I do a quick shoplift from, you know, as I go, if I, if I try and cheat the scales at, scales at Woolies, I know that's wrong. Everyone knows that's wrong. It's easy to know that that's wrong. And so afterwards, you're like, oh my goodness, God, what have I done? I'm a fool, an absolute fool. But the sin that's worth... That's trickier is that sin that kind of meddles with your mind and 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 you start thinking and start justifying that that's okay that that's that's all right to do and and you start to think oh, it's all right if i don't do that it's all right if i don't do this i've noticed i've noticed amongst some of my peers that when I've seen them not value His Word, and I'm, and I'm specifically talking right now about the Bible, when I see people put, put other people's words kind of up at a similar level to the Bible, all sorts of errors start coming in to their thinking. Do you know what I mean? When, when the world, the worldview around us is almost as important as God's Word... That's when, that's when you start getting tricked and that's when you start going off on a tangent that you shouldn't be going on. That's when you start sinning and you actually don't realise that you're sinning. Do you remember the story of the Pharisee that came into, came into the temple and was like praising God with his arms high? He's like, oh God, you're amazing. Thank you for making me so amazing. I'm so glad, God, that I, you didn't make me like that sinner over there. Do you remember that? Remember that story? Jesus told that story? And here's that sinner. I don't know what that sinner had done. He's done a whole bunch of stuff, but he knew that he was a sinner. He's down on his knees. God, forgive me. I'm an idiot. In Hebrew (laughs) or Greek. But that's what he was saying, right? And who did Jesus say was right with God? The sinner. The guy who knew he was a sinner and knew that he was nothing without God. The other guy, self-righteous and, and thinking that he had it all together, God's like, "You're all, uh, no, no, you don't. No one's got it together." So here, I think this is this is the case. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you, that I might not get tricked, that I might not get deceived. God, don't stop speaking to me don't stop revealing to me how i need to live my life he is a speaking god and he directs and guides those people who are listening but he doesn't direct and guide people that are not listening it's his job to speak and he's pretty good at what he does And it's our job to be still and listen. To value his word. To value those prophecies. Anyone got a prophecy over their life or their kid's life? You need to value that. You need to hold it dearly in your heart. Remind yourself of it. Declare it. In in fact, let's turn to... um, Luke, chapter 2, as Belle was speaking before, she said, I'm, we're going to talking about Mary and Joseph. Well, we're going to chat a little bit, up, a bit about Mary. Mary's an incredible lady, isn't she? Incredible. The faith that she had. Uh, Luke chapter Two, so Mary's had the baby. They had to go to Bethlehem because of the the census, just like how we have to vote in our area when we have to vote. They had to do the same thing as well. Hey, Beth, can you grab me a tissue real quick? Is that all right um or anybody? <laughs> <laughs> might be easy just to use a tissue <laughs> old school I love it alright chuck that in my pocket <laughs> that's the only problem with hankies isn't it chuck it in your pocket <laughs> Uh Thanks, Steve. You're awesome. Um, so she's had the baby. The shepherds turn up. The shepherds tell Mary and Joseph about the angels. It's pretty, pretty incredible kind of experience. And, you know, and, and these, these incredible words in verse 11. So all this stuff happens. Verse 11, uh, sorry, verse 19. But Mary treasured up. All these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary treasured up all these things. Later on, as we, as we go forward, we, we fast forward thir- about 13 years, something like that. Jesus is hanging out in the temple, and he's asking some great questions, and he's teaching in the temple. He's 13 years old. And he's doing and everyone's amazed. they're like, "Wow, this guy is incredible." You know, what the rabbis are like, wow, how did this 13-year-old get this kind of information? And so he's there in the, in the, in the temple, 13 years later, Mary and Joseph, they had one job. Look after the Son of God. Simple job. <laughs> Just take care of God, okay? Just make sure God's okay. And so Mary and Joseph... You know, leave Jerusalem after what after they were doing what they're meant to do, they leave Jerusalem, they forget to take Jesus with them. Three days later they realise Jesus is not with us. <laughs> and obviously it's in a big extended family. I can I can get that, right? I mean this isn't jump in the jump in the Hyundai Gets and together as a family and let's let's get going. Right? I mean if if someone's missing we notice because people aren't touching each other then. <laughs> in the Hyundai Gets. So so but so here they are, they, get, they, they, they lose Jesus, they go back to Jerusalem and, and they, find, they find him. And, and Mary says, and Joseph says, Jesus, what are you doing? What are you doing to us? I had a heart attack nearly. Something like that. Don't you reckon that, that's how the conversation went? Jesus, you naughty boy, what are you doing? This is the first time you've sinned in your life by not coming home and with us? No, he didn't sin. But I'm saying this could have, This is Mary's reaction, maybe Joseph's reaction. He's like, "What? Why were you looking for me? Like, couldn't you, you should have realized? Just come straight to the father's house, and I was there. And that's where Jesus was. Now, there's a so in this same sort of passage, just straight after this, we we see a very similar statement. I haven't got it underlined, so I can't find it really quickly. Verse 51. I'll go from 49 just to give that context. Why were you searching for me, he asked. That's Jesus. Didn't you know I had to be in the Father's house? But they didn't understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Something powerful about treasuring something in your heart. Treasuring the prophecies. Treasuring the God moments in your heart. What was the first miracle that Jesus did? Water into wine. Who initiated that? Mary. His mum. Jesus is at the party with his friends. They run out of wine. And Jesus says, so what? Initially, he says, so what? What's that got to do with me? And Mary says, I'm going back to the party. Just like to the servants, says to the other servants, hey, I'm going back to the party, but do whatever Jesus tells you to do. And Jesus goes, all right, it's time to go. That launches him into his ministry. Mary had treasured these things in her heart. She knew somehow that Jesus was going to do this. And I don't think it's because it was a party trick he was doing at home. <laughs> I don't think he had a home brewery going on. This was a. I think this is a one-off thing that Jesus did, but somehow Mary knew because she treasured the words about jesus in her heart she treasured the things that the angels had said to him she treasured the things that anna the prophetess had said about jesus and simeon she treasured those things and she knew she knew in her heart that this was the time for jesus to start his ministry that this was the time for it all to happen do you know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. It's a question that he's asking us this morning. What are those specific things? Just, just, just shut your eyes now if you like. You don't have to, but I'm, I'm inviting you to. Shut your eyes now and just think about those things that God has said about you, about your family or your circumstances. Spend some time recalling. If you can't think of anything, just ask him. God, can you remind me of, of things you've spoken over my life? Father, I just, I just ask that if you have a new word for any one of us, that you would just release that now to us. God, we're here and we're listening. You know, it's impossible to please God without faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Without hearing his voice, it's impossible to please him. without hearing his voice it's actually impossible to to have this moment of faith this like step of faith it's only it's it's i'm not talking about believing in god like believing that he exists or believing that he's good but i mean like believing that he said something about you about a circumstance and then stepping out in faith because of that. Because usually when God speaks to us about something we have to be faith, full of faith for, it's usually something that is, that is pretty difficult. Because I've not heard God say to me, you should get a bottle of milk right now don't choose the chocolate move Glenn go with the strawberry I've not heard God say that and even if he did I wouldn't need a lot of faith to go for that would I all I would need is two bucks I go I like I like chocolate move that's that's great what? what's that Kath? his word is spirit yep And where his his spirit is, there is freedom. His word actually brings so many things. Can't please him without it. You'll sin against him without it if you don't treasure it. You won't know which direction to take when you get to a crossroads. There's no GPS for your life without his word. We're so ridiculously powerful. God, I thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your grace, your, your love. We thank, we thank you, God, for everything that you do for us. But, but right now, God, we, we thank you that you are a speaking God. That you, God, are a God who, who loves to communicate with us in a deep, personal and intimate way, God. And so this morning, God, I just pray that we would renew our commitment to um, treasuring your word, God. Those words that you've spoken and we know are true from the Bible, Lord. And those words where you've spoken to us, that Rima word, that word for now, that word that is specific to me and maybe not to other people. Lord, we treasure them. We hold fast to them. We put them in our heart. God, that we would not, might not sin against you. Lord, we put them in our heart, Lord, so that we would know which way to turn, left or right, or keep going straight ahead, Lord. We put them in our heart, Lord God, so that we would pl- be able to please you, God. We put them in our heart so that we could be effective, Lord, so that we could be fruitful, because we know without you, God, without your word, Lord God, We're just wandering around in the dark, not knowing what to do. So God, thank you. We thank you for that, Lord. Lord, I pray, God, that you would also raise up um, people prophetically in this church as well. We continue to pray for that, Lord. And we continue to thank you, God, for what you're already doing, Lord, in that area. It's happening, it's happening more and more. And we just thank you, God, that, that it's going to continue to happen, God. Just a quick show of hands, guys. Um, who who is who f- who feels like they're prophetically gifted? Cool. Have a have a look around, guys. Have a look around. If if you want if you want a if you don't be shy. Come on, just 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 put it up and say, yeah, I, I feel like God speaks to me on a regular basis, and I, and I'm prophetically gifted in some way. All right. Sue can put up a hand as well. I'm sure. Yes. Don't be shy. I want I want to encourage you. If you're not sure about, if you want a word from God, go to one of those people. Hey, can you pray for me? You don't have to, you know, don't have to make it weird or scary. Just pray for me. And, and it's quite likely that they might have something for you for God. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but just, 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 just put yourself in a position. You know, I, I believe very strongly in putting yourself in a position where something might happen. As a surfer, you can't make a wave come to you. But I tell you what, if you're not in the ocean, you're not going to catch any waves. <laughs> Position yourself so you might catch a wave, right? So, so, I mean, and in the same, get in the ocean, find out where the waves are coming, look at it and go, oh, the waves are kind of right over there. Paddle over there and have a crack, you still might fall over. You still might whack your head with a surfboard. But have a crack. You might, <laughs> It might just work. Put yourself in a position where God might do something in your life. You can't make him do anything. But like a horse, you, you can take him to water. Like we can come to the water, can't we? We can't make God do anything. But we can say, hey God, here I am. God, I'm going to this person. This person is powerful.